Well, day, everyone, and welcome to a very scratchy start to the Weekend Wrap uh, 2023. Uh, a few audio problems, a few live streaming problems, a few everything problems. Uh, I've got some shiny new stuff and I had to reinstall everything and reset up everything, so all my settings were stuffed up. So I hope I'm coming through clearly. Welcome to everyone who has joined us on Discord and YouTube and uh, Spreaker and everywhere else, but welcome in particular, Macca, and I'm just going to do a big reveal here. Welcome, mate. How are you going? <laughs> Pretty roughly, actually. I'm in my second <laughs> week of bloody COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've been pretty crook, haven't you, mate? Uh, yeah, no, really crook. And it's um, uh, not improving very much. So, look, I, I apologise to anybody in advance if I have to cough, if I have to blow my nose or something like that, because I just can't bloody help it. So, um, But I thought better to have a cast with a few honks here and there and have nothing. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, now, Paige telling me that it sounds better on YouTube. Thank God for that. Um, I don't know what's going on. Now, Mac, it's been a big, big off-season. There's uh, been a fair bit going off on at the club um, and uh, a fair bit going on around the AFL as well. Um, but there's probably something that we need to start with uh, just straight off the bat, just to get it out of the way. And it's the most important thing I think we'll have to deal with tonight. Um, what'd you have for tea? Well, because I wasn't well, because the missus wasn't well, we had shit tonight, mate. We had takeaway Chinese, and I must admit, <laughs> he didn't actually get it. He didn't get it spot on. I, I was very unhappy. Well, part of the reason why I was pushing shit uphill <laughs> to get this thing organised is my Uber driver, for about the fifth time in the last year sent my food to the wrong place and uh, as a result I had cold fish and chips which wasn't very nice I wasn't happy about oh, it oh you're lovely so we, right. both don't, well, we both operating on nothing mate we've got no decent yeah. food in us yeah now look it's great to have you visible on the cast Macca um, it's really good from a from a um, from the perspective of engagement um, you know um and it leads me into something that we have to talk about and I don't want to dwell on it and um, I just want to let people know that I've got my finger very firmly on the uh, moderator button on the chat so just relax people but us having our faces up on YouTube is a bit of a big deal um, you know um, and there's been a situation where um, a few people who were on Twitter might be aware, but um, back, what, two years ago, Mac, we had um, a a sometime presenter on the podcast, uh, Donkey Magoo. Yeah. Many people would have... Back in, uh, back in 21 at the, at the latest. Yeah. Yep. Many people would remember um, Donkey Magoo, uh, whose real name is Kent Rowe. Um, and the reason I say his real name is because as a lot of you would probably know by now um, late last year he was convicted of some child sex offences in Northern Territory now obviously the only reason we actually knew about it Mac, was that we actually knew his name um, the first we saw about it was actually in a newspaper we had no idea um, yeah. at all 
I stumbled across it, yeah. Yeah, he, um, he'd he gone quiet. We hadn't heard from him for a while, but that wasn't unusual. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, um, you know, the next thing we know, this has popped up. Now, at the time, it was, what, early November, I think, when he was convicted. Yep. And, uh, you know, we talked about it and how we were going to deal with it. And uh, I, I, for one, had a ton going on uh, personally um, with work and um, with... Um, some family health issues as well and um, we kind of made the decision at the time that well because not many people actually knew him uh, in terms of his real name that um, you know it's not going to be a big deal if we don't say anything at the time and we'll address it like we're addressing it now unfortunately um, you know and some people Mac probably disagree with that i know a few people um who felt very strongly um that we should have come out and said something at the time and look maybe we should have um i'm not trained in media uh this is totally like it totally got us on left field didn't it mate and um we didn't really know how to handle it to be perfectly honest with you um well i i, yeah. I checked his facebook account that was deleted and i checked the uh... Messenger that was deleted, and I checked Instagram and that was deleted. So um, I just assumed all these accounts were deleted. So uh, that's the reason that, uh, and when we didn't have an opportunity to talk to anybody till until now, really, yeah. we could have put it up on Twitter, which I, I, I don't think that's our role. Well, I mean, I, I made the decision to not say anything because um, I, well, not to not say anything, but to not say anything on socials because it's very hard to put any sort of context around socials whatsoever. And 140 whatever characters it is on Twitter doesn't really do it justice. And I felt that it was better for us considering we have a, a minor uh, connection to the guy, um, you know, an incidental connection to the guy that we should probably talk about on the platform where we actually knew him. Because... I want to make this really clear to people because people probably don't understand. A lot of podcasts will sit around the table and do their podcast once a week and they'll record it and they'll have a few beers and whatever. We started back in 2015 out of Big Footy and um, we were all over the place. Um, we had um, someone in Victoria, we had someone in Sydney, um, we had a couple of us in Adelaide and we, at the time we decided to do it remotely. Um, it was easier um, and... And that's how we've done it ever since. And there's been people on the on the podcast over the course of the years, Macca, that I've never met. <clears throat> I don't even know their real names. I remember Red Mist and, and those blokes. I wouldn't know them from Bar of Soap. I could trip over them in the street. I wouldn't have any idea who, the, who they are. Um, and, you know, Kent joined us on that basis as well. It was via Big Footy. Uh, he stuck his hand up. He wanted to get involved. Uh, he lived in the Northern Territory. Um, and I never met the guy. I don't. I don't think any of us met the guy um, in the flesh. <clears throat> so, you know, it's one of those things where we're kind of we're associated, but we're associated with someone that we've never actually met. So, you know. And Jay Mac, yeah, I'm aware that um, his Twitter profile has him listed as um, part of the Crowcast, and uh, I've actually. <clears throat> pardon me, sent uh, um, uh, an email to Twitter to see what I can do about that. Um, the last thing I want to say about it, though, um, Mac, is that whether people agree 
with us, with the way we've handled it or not. Um, one or two people on Twitter decided to take umbrage with it to the extent where I was targeted personally. Um, uh, you know, um, and at one stage, my full name was published on Twitter um, <clears throat> by Razor. Um, and, um, you know, I had to approach Twitter and say, look, take that down, please, because that's doxing. Um, and as much as I'm relatively um, visible um, and not too difficult to find, I just prefer that my full name wasn't published on that cesspool of a social platform because it takes only... I, I got I got trolled last year, Mac, for the whole Tex Walker thing and how we handled that. Um, you imagine how this would go down if uh, someone decided to have a crack. No, you've got to have a tough hide with these masters because, you know... They, I don't know what Razor Ray got out of carrying on like a pork chop about it and trying to pin it on you because it's out of your control, mate. It's just absolutely out of your control. So he look, he's a bloody pedophile. Um, that's what he's turned on his... Uh, what did he call himself? Donkey. Donkey turned out to be. He hadn't been with us for a couple of years and it's goodbye to him and he's in jail and that's where he bloody belongs. And I think that's the end of it. Yeah. And look, you know, I... Um... I have a certain amount of empathy for Razor. He has supported the podcast um, over the course of years. He was actually the person who donated the season tickets last year um, that many people benefited from. Um, and obviously he has some very strong opinions about this subject. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do have some strong opinions. And, you know, for some people it probably affects them personally to some degree. Um you know, and, and I empathise with that. Um, as I tried to put to Razor, you may disagree or agree with me, but um, in terms of how we dealt with it, but it doesn't mean that you need to target me by association. So, you know, for for those out there listening, um, you know, you know, our faces up here, and, and the fact that we come up every week and we put ourselves out in public, you know, there is an element of risk. So we do appreciate that people. Um, protect our identities and you know don't go doxing and all the rest of it because aside from everything else there's a couple of cyberbullying laws that can be invoked and by the same token you need to be careful what you put on chat as well because I'm classed as a publisher and um, someone puts something defamatory up on chat and I don't see it um, and I publish the video to YouTube and all of a sudden as the publisher I publish defamatory information so, you know, we um, we do what we do because we love the Crows and we love Footy Mac and, um, you know, we, we hope that everyone takes what we do in the right spirit and we rank amateurs at it um, with no media training. Uh, so, look, you know, apologies to those who felt that we should have addressed uh, the Kent situation at the time. Uh, we made a decision, for better or worse, and uh, I hope that the way that we've addressed it now um, gives people enough clarity and I certainly hope that, that Razor um, finds his way back onto Discord because uh, he's certainly welcome um, as long as he can um, you know participate in the spirit of all of us let's move on alright so um, first things first Mac um, let's talk about the squad and how we ended up after uh, you know, the trade and draft merry-go-round. Uh, first of all, a couple of retirements, mate. Lukey Brown, 
uh, after you know a very very good career um, uh, uh, decided to retire and I think you know he could have gone on another year Mac and the fact that he didn't uh, speaks a lot for for Luke and and his integrity don't you think well his last year was uh, injury riddled and um, it's a question of whether he could possibly get his body back to the level that he should have I mean, in terms of ability, he's got undoubted ability, but his form wasn't good because of the injuries that he had. So I think he's done the right thing. He's gone out on his own terms, and I wish him well. He played some bloody good football for us. He certainly did. He was Mr Reliable for a very long time, and it wasn't until that Achilles and related issues started to catch up with him, and he just couldn't seem to get enough agility in his body that he started to be found wanting a little bit um but uh, you know a, a real club stalwart and a great career and congratulations to luke uh who else did we lose we lost billy frampton to collingwood in a in a recruiting coup for the magpies interesting enough they they've been saying he's been training outstandingly uh, over there and he yeah, will they haven't done any competitive work yet <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, and of <laughs> no course we lost no Mackesy, uh, and we lost Mackesy, and uh, look, I, I think we've been uh, conned a little bit in the sense that we made a very bad choice selecting him in the first place. That's I, I must put that on the line. He played ten games in his first year, and in the second year, he, I mean, he didn't really shine in those ten games. But you wouldn't have expected him really in his first year. But his second year, I thought he went backwards and. Um, and then in third year, well, same again. And it was interesting the fact that um, he he didn't have the drive, he said, to improve himself. And uh, I don't know whether he read that, where he said that, that he didn't have the yeah. drive to improve himself. And that really showed because he went backwards rather than forward. And look, I've got no doubt that he was homesick, that he wanted to go home. And, and um, why he signed on for the next two years, I don't really know. But um, one thing I will bet you that, uh, I think we, we've done the right thing in doing what we've done, letting him go. But somebody will pick him up next year and get him for nothing. Oh, it won't be in the AFL system, I don't think. I, I honestly don't. I, I, I um, my, I tend to agree with you, Macker. It was a, it was a poor choice, um, and we can only surmise the reasons. But from an ex, from an outside looking in, it looked like the lad lacked that extra bit of drive that is needed to get from a good average player to an elite player. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of good average players running around in state leagues um, and mm. amateur leagues, and they've got great natural talent and they've got good physical attributes, but it does take that extra bit of drive, that extra bit of motivation to elevate yourself above, um, you know, the thousands of others that are, that are playing league footy. And I, I don't think Fisher had it. And it's apparent from some of the articles that um, have been published, um, you know, around his uh, draft selection. It, it wasn't something that was uh, a secret. It was known uh, at his state league club or his TAC club. Um, you know, they had queries about whether he had the drive and the motivation. Um, I did read that. And, and it just makes you wonder, considering the amount of money that we spend as a club, how we could have missed that as a recruiting team. Very poor. Actually, very poor. Because 
that was a coach that uh, where when we drafted him, that was a team he'd been playing for. So, and his coach would have known him very, very well. And he made that statement, as you said, that uh, he doubted himself whether he, Mackesy had the drive for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and look, if you're going to... It's either poor process or it's arrogance. Arrogance that we felt that our culture would be able to pick him up and pull him along. Um, but to speculate on a... Like, first of all, we traded down to get that pick, didn't we? Because it ended up being Mackesy and Peddler for whatever we had, three or four or whatever it was in that draft. Uh, we we had Peddler four. In the next year. Yeah, we had four. We traded down and took a, a, a pick in the next year, which ended up being Peds, I think. We could have actually taken Rosie. Well, uh, maybe. Maybe. Absolutely. At four, um, at four we couldn't. Yeah. So look, um, it's a big call for a, for, a la- for a for a defender, b for a bloke who I, I went back and had a look at his footage, um, and he didn't strike me as a key position player. He he was courageous. Uh, he certainly uh, had the ability to take courageous marks, and you know, there's a bit of footage of him going back with the flight of the ball and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of your of your hard one-on-one contests, your physical, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder bullocking contests, there wasn't one slice of footage that I could find uh, that suggested that Fisher was that kind of player. And for us to take him at six, where he looked like he was going to be nothing more than um, a young version of, say, a Billy Frampton, wow, that's a big, big call, Mac. Big call. Um, the interesting thing is that uh, we took him at, a, at pick six and the bloke we picked up now, Keane, uh, ex-Collingwood, the Irishman, who I tell you, he will, he will be, he's, he's everything that we should have been picking up in the first place, like an aggressive big bloke um, mm. rather than a, a bloke that was underdeveloped, underdeveloped physically and uh, not showing any physical trait. Yeah, I, I just think it's amazing that we took him. I just, but still, I think... Um, Look, he's gone now, and I think thank God for that because every time I just saw him playing or not playing, he was out on the oval. Um, I was just to feel sick to think that we just wasted pick six on that. Yeah, yeah, and let's not dwell on it. But um, there hasn't been a lot of scrutiny about that uh, outside of the Crow supporter base. Um, but uh, it's just, uh, yeah. It's, it's a big call, and I know we we're probably spooked by the rapid decline of Daniel Talia um, and our apparent lack of um, key defenders to take his place, um, and that obviously had an impact on on their decision making. I could I, don't, I could imagine, but uh, the kid's still going to have talent, and you know he had some. You could see he had some natural ability, but it was evident to me that he wasn't going to. He was never going to be a centre half back. Never, ever, ever. No. Um, and we also got rid of Davis after about 327 years, or however long he's been with us. Um, I never thought he was, was going to go. Was it that long? Was it that long, Macca, really? Look, I may have had it on a year or two, but um, <laughs> it just seemed like he was just bloody perpetually there. Um, and then uh, I thought Rowie was a little bit stiff. He got uh, delisted. But then you think when you're picking up ranking, well, you, you can understand why he went. Where was Roe going to play, honestly? Uh, like, uh, Roe had some 
deficiencies that I don't think could have been overcome, to be honest, Mako. I don't think he had the... He, he was a very natural footballer, very natural footballer. But the game calls for more, more than that these days, and I don't think he was ever going to be able to pull the fitness base that allowed him to two-way run to the degree that he was able to apply forward pressure. And mm. he ended up getting the majority of his possessions up the ground, Mac, and we were crying up, crying out for a small forward at the goal face. Yeah, and of course, it's a question of uh, how much is, is that his fault and how much is it the uh, way that they placed him in the, in the side? Because um, if you've got a bloke that you want to hang around the goals and is good around the goals, you tell him to stay around the goal. But um, either they they allowing him to go up to the wing and half back and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it, it, Something wasn't quite right about that, how how it all went oh. out down. But look, he was. It's not like he was going to be a star anyhow. So, no. Look, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that Matthew Nix was imp- employing a game plan that had our half forwards pushing up to to um, provide extra um, head count in the middle third of the ground. No, no doubt in my mind. We were deficient on the wings. Uh, we were deficient in the midfield in terms of our ability to to spread, and I think. Uh, he was definitely playing Lockie Murphy slash Ned McHenry slash James Rowe high up the ground. And you're right, Mac. Mm. It was it was probably the lesser of two evils. They probably thought, particularly when uh, Shane McAdam came back, that they had enough ground uh, power uh, at the goal face, but it killed us. It killed us in terms of our scoring ability because mm. we got cleaned up every time the ball hit the deck up forward. So it was probably a bit of that, I, I agree. But just looking at, at Rowie, um, I thought, geez, you're, you've got a great football brain, but I don't think you've got the tool set to be able to make it. And, and that's obviously what the club felt as well. Fair comment. Um, and Benny Davis, I mean, it's not his fault they kept picking him. I just think he used to hide the call. Or and they just forgot about him all the time or something. <laughs> he was there forever. No, well, he was apparently a very, very good club man and very well liked amongst the playing group. I think, um, I think he actually... Well, he did better than... Uh, remember Matthew Smith, who used to be the bane of uh, my yeah, anger all the yeah. time? Yeah, he he was there for seven years for no games. Uh, I think Davis only was there for six. No, he never played a game. Matthew Smith, seven tell, years. I'm telling you, when, when Benny Davis played off halfback, the times that he got, he didn't look any worse than a Chase Jones or a Patrick Parnell or anyone like that. Good ball skills, good at ground level, ran straight lines, wasn't the worst, Mac. Wasn't the worst. No, and he wasn't the best either, so... No, he wasn't. But not everyone's going to be the best. In a, in a squad of 40-odd, you, you're going to have people that are... 37 38 39 40 six years oh no 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 i'm i'm just saying uh, i don't i don't want to run ben davis down because i think he was a he was a a, a solid player um, no and, and a decent guy his, too and it's not his fault that they kept him on the list you know it, you could probably argue that had he been given an opportunity at another club he may well have made a fist of it in a position where he was required but you know, off halfback, we've got 933 halfback players. So um, he was down down the ranks a little bit. Who else did we lose? Anyone? I think that's about it. 
We lost it. Well, obviously lost six in total because we got six ins. Oh, hang on. Um, no, because we've got two on the long-term injury list. So yeah, but yeah, we've probably covered right. out the outs. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the ins firstly. Um, the draft. Um, obviously, the Isaac Rankin um, transaction, uh, which uh, cost a little bit more than I was hoping it would. Um, pick five. Um, Same here. I thought, I thought he's about to pick 12 when I... Comparing him to Cameron. Yeah, a lot of... A lot of... Um, you know, we've picked him on a bit of... On, on a bit of a promise. Um, and it's... You know, the media certainly did their job in terms of hyping him up. I heard, you know, bloody two first rounders and many Nix's next child sort of thing. Um, you know, he's not that good. He, he's had half a good season at, at Gold Coast, or oh, that's unfair, probably two-thirds of a, a consistent season at Gold Coast where he was starting to realise his potential. Um, the word is that he's thriving at Westlake, so obviously there was probably some environmental issues up at Gold Coast that were hampering him, and uh, I'm glad to hear that he's, um, he's uh, you know, settled in well at Westlakes and, uh, or wherever the hell we are now. <laughs> and, yeah, what uh, I was going to say there, Fiend, is to, to support what you just said, um, Barty Magic's put up a lot of clips of uh, training sessions, etc., and match scenes, and every time you see Rankin on it, he looks as happy as a pig in shit, really happy. And uh, so I think he is glad to be paid 900 grand a year. I'd be happy too. I'd be running around with a smile on my face. Well, that's, that's probably fair comment. I don't know how much he's getting, but he <laughs> does look like he's very happy Pure speculation on my behalf. I don't know what he's getting, but uh, he's getting more than I am, so he'd uh, be happier than me. Look, but yep. it's, in all in all honesty, it's a good pickup. I think there are times where you've got to, and I've said this before, bugger the draft pick. You go for what you need. Um, do we need Isaac? It depends, I think. I think we needed what we hope Isaac will become. I'm not quite sure whether we needed what Isaac currently is. Is that a fair call? Yeah, yeah, I think it is fair. And as somebody said in the chat, we paid unders for Dawson and we played overs for Rankin, so yeah. it all evens out in the long run. So and that, that's a good way to look at it. And um, We're hoping to get two players out of Rankin in the sense we're hoping to get a forward pocket and we're hoping to get a, a bloke who have take turns in having a run on the ball. And, look, he's clever and smart enough to do that. And I think the same applies to Rochelle, actually. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, it's, you know, it's got a double-barrel purpose, and I think he was a good target to get. Yep. Um, having having said that, uh, it pretty much left us without much um, in, in the tank. Right, but we did, we, we did eke out a little bit at the draft. We obviously got Max Michelani, who uh, has huge wraps, the lad. Uh, a bit of a string beam, but as I've said to you, Mac, and you'd obviously remember, being far, far, far older than I am, um, that his old man was um, pretty skinny as well, and he did all right. Jim, yeah, he was a very good player. Yeah, yeah, he would, he would, he would have been a, a young lad when you were playing, wouldn't, wouldn't he, Mac? <laughs> I'm not that old. I mean, I, I did play a half back flank for Jerusalem, mate, but I'm not that old. Were you, were you? Back when you were playing, Maka, were you was your Guernsey black and white, like not in colour? Or was it like just, or was that just the TV? Did they have TV or were you on the wireless? 
You could have been running around wearing Jeez. nothing, a T-shirt or something. You're a very rude man, Fiend. People, but people we, listening in on was, the Crystal set. It was on TV. <laughs> was it? It's just that no one owned one. <laughs> very cruel, Fiend. Do you want to know? Do you want to know something, Mac? You played league footy. I never did, so uh, I can I can roll that up and stick it up my. You know what? <laughs> um, no, we were yeah. on, we were on TV at that stage, thing. No, I know. I'm just having a dig, mate. Just having a dig. Um, so, but Max looks like he's going to be something. Um, hopefully, he can build into an AFL body. Uh, certainly, got all the skills. Um, where, do, where do you see him eventually, Maka? I kind of wonder whether he's actually going to be a tall wingman, bit of an Isaac Smith type. Uh, well, he he's a very good uh, he's good athletically, and he moves uh, mm. very well from side to side. So, um, you know, a lot of backmen can run straight, and like, um, um, but I, I think he's going to be a versatile type of defender that you can use, you can throw around in different spots, and you might even at times pop him on a wing or something like that just for something different to do. But um, I've got I've got pretty big wraps on him. I think he's going to be very good for us. If he, once he fills out, he might even play by the end of the year. Or I don't know, yeah, maybe, maybe he's pretty bloody light, Macca. I just read a comment there. When J Mac said he imagines I would have been a vicious little player. Well, he, you're bloody right, J Mac. I was. I didn't get rubbed out three times for nothing. Yeah. Do you know we played at the same club, Mac? About twenty years fun? apart. Do you know we played at the same club about 20 years apart? 20 years apart, Betty? It's a bit of exaggeration. <laughs> was it 20 or was it 25? I don't... Move on, anyway. Fee. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I'm not sure whether he gets a run this year. He's pretty light. Um but he's certainly got the skill, in my ability. So, uh, in my opinion, he's certainly got the ability. So, time will tell. Uh, he's uh, if he comes in off halfback, he's got a few in front of him. So, uh, but you know, um, and we'll talk about this in a moment. But obviously, there's a little bit of doubt around Tom Diday, um, given events uh, around the captaincy. So, could be a timely selection. Yeah. The other thing too is that uh, which probably might. Stand against McElhenney getting a game is uh, with Keane coming in, um, a guy that's um, ready to... Once they get him fit and ready to rock and roll, the guy can play. So I, I imagine yeah. he'd be in our side once his body is uh, perfectly attuned to AFL footy. Yeah. Hey, Nicky, take your bloody surname off chat, for God's sakes, um, and stop talking about my age, thank you. Um <laughs> Now, who are the, in terms of the other young lads that we um, that we picked up, Bond and Dowling and yeah, we picked up uh, Billy Dowling. He, he was played for North Adelaide, and um, yeah, and I don't know if he played any league games, but um, he's one hundred and eighty-eight centimeters. He's a uh, only seventy-seven uh, kgs in weight, but he is a he's a ball masser here. A ball gatherer, that's what I should say. Uh, yeah. He, you know, he had, I think he averaged something like 33 possessions a game in the under 18s, and uh, one game, I think he had 44 or something like that. So 
he knows how to get the ball. He's at um, this stage probably a little bit more outside than in, but apparently he's not too bad on the inside as well. So um, I don't know if he's played one. this year. Well, he's built like a brick shit out. So um, he's uh, 185, and he yep. but he's 82 kilograms already, Fiend. And uh, yep. being an ex-rower, he's very well muscled. But apparently he can run all bloody day as well. So... Um, He's very good aerobically, so I don't yeah. know how he will go. Well, not only that, he's as determined as anybody uh, at the club to make a go of it. Uh, I think he uh, appreciates the opportunity. As you say, he, he grew up uh, in a rowing program, uh, obviously very fit, but it's matched with the uh, with the motivation we only could have wished that uh, Fish McCasey had, McCasey had. Um, so oh, look, yeah. if any if any lad's going to make it on the back of pure uh, persistence, it's going to be him. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how both of those lads perform in the SANFL in the first half of the season. Um, but I, I don't see any either of them troubling the scorers in the ones this season. Oh, that's a comment. I, I can't see it either. So I agree. Yeah, um, but the two late pick pickups that we got um, in supplementaries and whatnot are very interesting. Um, uh, I always forget the guy's name. What's the Collingwood lad's uh, name? Tyler Brown. Tyler Brown. Tyler Brown. Yeah, Gavin Brown. That's right. Tyler Brown. Um, some Collingwood supporters say didn't really get much of a, a fair go at Collingwood and showed a bit when he was given a go. Um, the Crows seem to have, have interest in him a fair way out, Macca. Invited him on and, and picked him up relatively quickly. So, I don't know. Yeah, I watch every, watch every game he's played because I do watch every game every week. And I'd say he's one of those players that just never got a proper go. And I think he played 20-odd games or around about that mark. And um, sometimes he'd be a foot pocket and he'd be a half-forward flank and he might be on a wing. But... Uh, he also was a substitute, um, well, even last season, he was substituted about four or five times. So, you know, he just never, ever got a real chance. He, he got one game in the middle when Adams was out and yeah. he had a very good game. Um, yeah. So I think he can play um, and I think all he needs is opportunity. So he's a, he's a big boy. He's about 180, what is he, 185 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a, right, he's a right prototype in terms of his size. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know whether he's been playing in Matcham or not. Um, Vardy hasn't. Vardy Magic hasn't mentioned him at this stage. So over to you, Vardy Magic. Up to you to come up with something. In Vardy, Vardy's the, been yeah. relatively slack this off season. I've got to say. No, he's been very good. He's been good. <laughs> no, I'm allowed. I, I'm allowed to give Vardy shit this week. <laughs> just, okay. just this week. Just this week. <laughs> Oh, I love you, mate. Uh, and yes, Nikki, you did fix it. Well done. Um, the other lad, though, from Ireland, Keane, he looks like a bull. And I think this is a bit of a coup for us because he was breaking into the Collingwood side when COVID hit and he decided to go home due to homesickness. But he not, And then he went home and won a bloody championship in, what do they play over there? Bloody leprechaun throwing Curling. or something? Or, that's right. 
um, and uh, certainly knows how to play football. So he he's a mature body. He's aggressive. He's athletic, um, and he knows how to play. So I a, a free shot as far as I'm concerned. Good pickup. Yeah. When you say mature body, he's 194 centimetres, thing, which is a very good height, and he's 92 yeah. kilograms. And, I was going to say, know, he's about 194 solid... wide, isn't he? Around the hips. Well, well, he's you know solid as the proverbial, and um, yeah, and he can play. He's got good pace as well for his size, and he's got reasonably yes. ag- good with agility. Um, yeah, I remember seeing him play for Collie when he was just, as you said, he was just developing to a good player. You know, because they start from scratch and when they come from yep. Ireland and. But, you know, yeah. he did lovely kick because they hasn't, like a lot of Aussie kids who got, uh, develop bad habits when they're kids, when they, the Irish guys that come out here, they kick beautifully because they get taught how to kick properly from the first time they kick a ball. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe we teach our kids garlic football until they're 15 and then we introduce the oval ball. <laughs> Something like that. But, <laughs> and no, look, I, I think he'll be okay. I, I think that. I do think he'll be in the side, uh, I reckon, at least by halfway through the year. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree, Mac. Um, and I think, you know, uh, the makeup of our defence, and we'll, we'll run through it briefly in a little minute, but the makeup of, of our defence is going to be very, very interesting this year because we've got a lot of options and we probably have the opportunity to be a bit horses for courses at times. So we've got good vers- versatility through there. Just before we move on to that and other things, uh, I want to remind people that uh, we are live and interactive. So if you're watching us on YouTube and you haven't yet got around the Discord channel, um, you can certainly chat with us while you're on YouTube. But if you want to actually get online with us and, and talk physically with us, Maka, then you can certainly do so via our Discord channel. And, and the people, we've got a, a lovely studio audience at the moment, Mac, about 24 souls in there um listening fervently to you um and trying to ignore me as much as possible but if any of you in the uh, studio audience want to want to have something to say then please put your hand up because uh, now more than any time uh we've got uh, a good opportunity to um air some different views and opinions so go right ahead if you feel the need um secondly maca this year we are back into AFL Fantasy League. Um, the links are in our Discord channel under the competition section. So go to that. There's a link there. It's a bit of a bit of a weird site, the AFL Fantasy League site, in terms of trying to find the league. But uh, I think you go to, from memory, you go to your account and then pick Classic League or something or other. Or you can download the yeah. app. Um, but it's a bit hard, it's in to, classic. hard to navigate. Yeah. But the codes, uh, 1990s put the code uh, in the channel in the competition page. So go and check that out and get around it. If we do end up filling up one league, we will have another one. And I am putting up 50 bucks worth of merch, Mac. Now, speaking of merch, for those people who can't see, J&M, who uh, is one of our YouTube stalwarts, Kindly via, I think a friend, I don't think he did it, but I think it was through a friend, a mutual friend or something, uh, donated a couple of designs. And, uh, Maka, he did one especially for you. And I reckon he'd be kicking off at the moment by the fact that you're not wearing it. 
kicking off. Look, my only defence is fame. Having ruddy COVID, I can't remember a Martha or a Martha. <laughs> well, I think I'm Martha, blame, actually. You're going to blame COVID for that, are you? You're going to blame COVID for that. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't anyway. done a hand's work since I've had it, so I blame the COVID. So we've got these nice little numbers, courtesy of JNM. We've also got a couple of other designs and a couple of other bits of merch and stuff like that. Um, you know... Uh, it's for me to be perfectly honest with you, Macca, and transparent to everyone around. It's more about promoting the crowcast and making any sort of profit. So I might be making a dollar or two on bloody the t-shirt or something. I don't know, but it's more about you know spreading the word um, and uh, you know building our our listenership. So if anyone wants a piece of merch, go to aflcrowcast.com and get around it. Um, but we will be first of all giving away. A t-shirt every month, Macca, every month for those that uh, want one. So um, there's a link in our Discord chat to uh, enter the monthly draw if you want to do that. And um, the reason I even brought that up is because for the AFL Fantasy League, we'll be giving away 100 bucks worth of merch at the end of the season. So if we end up having more than one league, it'll be whoever scores the highest points across the two leagues. So don't be shy if you think that it's filling up. Still stick your hand up because we'll start up another league. And I reckon it's about time you stuck your hand up for Fantasy League, Mac, because you keep telling us that you're winning all these bloody big awards. I did. I won again last year. Well, that's yeah, but I'm playing for big money. I'm playing for a grand a time. Mate. You're playing for a hundred bucks worth of Crowcast merch. You already got a free T-shirt already. Actually, <laughs> I'm in front. <laughs> but um, nobody you're driving around. No, you're driving around in a bloody BMW. You get free meals from Five AA all the time. You get free clothes from me. Jesus. And free alcohol. I won a few BMW <laughs> <laughs> liquor awards as well. <laughs> Fantastic. But You've look, got to get pick your moment. You've got to pick your moment, yeah. mate. Yeah, I know. A, um, uh, tipping's not up yet on, on the AFL site, but when that comes uh, about, um, we will get that up and running as well. Uh, we will be running a few con- competitions this year um, because uh, it's all about engagement, mate. That's what it is. Um, I have also shut down, I meant to say before, I have shut down Patreon. Um, I really wasn't able to deliver Mac of what I wanted to deliver out of Patreon, and I feel a bit bad for those that uh, supported me all through that time. But I really do appreciate the support um, of people through Patreon. And um, uh, when I finally shut that down, um, there'll be something coming your your way, you guys. Um, It's been fantastic. It's kept the, the cast running over the last couple of years. No more Patreon. If you do want to uh, support the Crowcast financially, uh, there's other ways of going about it. I think there's a bloody PayPal link somewhere on the website or something. I don't know. I can drop it in if anyone wants it. Um, but really, at this stage, it's uh, about getting engagement, getting our getting our numbers up even further, and, and just, pushing on to greater heights. Just, just, read, the, just read the chat there. Babe. Somebody said the. Look what uh, J Max just, just says. Just, just hang up. Just hang. This is live, right? This is live. Hang on a sec.
That's a good shot of, shot of your bump crack there, Fee. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Now, oh shit, there goes my green screen and everything. I don't care. These <laughs> are the boxes of mugs that PJ Crow bloody organised for me. How long ago was that? Two years ago, I think. I keep losing them and then finding them again. J-Mac and others, they will be coming. I have found them. <laughs> I'm bloody hopeless when it comes to stuff like that, but I will do it. Now, let me just sort myself out again so that I look professional. There we go. Look at that. Um, all right. Enough of that, Rabble. So I guess the other, the next thing... Th- we need to talk about Mac is the captaincy because we had an announcement last yeah. week um, that no, they weren't bloody empty, Matt. Um, we had an announcement last week that um, Sloney was passing on the captaincy to Geordie. I didn't realise that it was Rory's to pass on, but anyway, that was a, a nice way of a nice way of uh, wording it by the club. And in all seriousness, you know, Sloney has been captain through one of the darkest periods of the club's history and he suffered his own setback with um, with his ACL late in the career, uh, which is a big deal for an AFL player. So, you know, he led by example a long time before he became captain. So, um, you know, who, we can... Who only... could ever forget that day he just ran straight into Dangerfield and flattened him? Oh, that's And they both went fantastic. down... And he and he got up, and Dangerfield didn't. That was yeah. magnificent. Yeah, that was uh, an absolute highlight. Um, so you know, congrats to Rory uh, on uh, leading the club, and also for stepping aside, probably for the benefit of the club. He could have very easily, and he did mention in his presser that he, you know, would have quite happily continued to to be captain, um, but. He felt that Geordie was ready, and the club obviously felt that Geordie was ready. Uh, it's probably written into Geordie's transfer, Mac, um, that he get the captaincy eventually. But well deserved. He's obviously a leader around the club, and I think it's a good move by the club. Do you? Well, I think it's an essential move. Um, there were two reasons why I, why I say that is because while Rory's been a magnificent leader, and he has been a magnificent leader, I mean he's a a hundred percent heart and soul man for the club. There's no doubt about that. And I really hope that once he retires as a player, we can manage to keep him around as a development coach because he 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 well he signifies what I would really want in a character around hanging around the footy club. He's just a good guy, and but he's you know and he's not weak or anything like that. He's just he's just the right type. But having said that, you know, at age thirty two, he's done his knee, and he's coming back, and uh, he'll be thirty three before the first game played, and he's. Not going to be a certainty to get a, a, a position in the side every week, in my opinion. So, I mean, it's going to be. They probably will give him a go first up, but um, you know, it, I noticed that they've tried him in every different position on the ground so far in their match scenes. They've tried him up forward. They've tried him in the middle. They've tried him on the wings. They've tried him at half back because I'm not sure where they're going to put him because there are players. If you go and look through the players for each particular line. It doesn't seem to be any vacancy for him. So, but putting that, um, he did the right thing in terms of standing down, and I think he had to stand down because the club wouldn't have given it to him anyhow. So, better that you save your own pride and you go out, go out on your own terms. 
on the other side with Jordan uh, Dawson. He, look, the guy's been a natural on-field leader even when he was playing with Sydney in his uh, third season, uh, which is when we snaffled him up. Uh, he, he just is a natural leader. He just everything when he was in the in the defence, all the defence revolved around him, and uh, he's just got that touch. And uh, he showed that when he came here last year. Whenever there's trouble, he's the guy that had to solve it and go there, back there, and marshal the troops, etc. So he's naturally got it. And um, I think, you know, he'll be probably one of our best captains ever. Yeah, look, on Rory, first of all, in terms of where he plays, I just don't think you put a bloke coming back from an E in a position that you've got to turn. And, you know, playing him up forward... Uh, he'd probably be playing as a bit of a lead-up. You know, there's a lot of uh, lateral movement involved in taking marks and, and turning around and, and you know, looking for the next option. I'd be happier if he was running straight at the ball off half-back. Having said that... I agree. I agree. Having said that, Macker, is there a spot for him off half-back? Well, when you've got Miller on one side and you've got Smith on the other, where's he going to go? Well, I'd, I mean, it, you know... A lot depends on the form of both of those lads. I mean, Junior really has it all, all to play for this year. I reckon this is make or break year for Wayne Miller Jr. I know he's had his injury problems. I know he's struggled to get on the part, but he's been on the list a long time, showed glimpses. But if he doesn't put a consistent year in where his trend line is on the up from the get-go, uh, you could just about put a line through him. And... Smithers is on the other side of the coin. You know, a couple of concussions in. He looked a bit uh, shaken up after the last one, after that big mark that he took last year. He didn't seem to come back from that particularly well. Uh, his kicking's become questionable. Uh, some of his decision-making's become questionable. Um, so those those two lads are by, by no means guaranteed spots, Mac. And I reckon I'd probably want... Assuming Sloney is fit and able to play, I'd, prob- I'd probably prefer Rory in tandem with one of those rather than Rory missing out because of both of them. Well, I think Rory's too slow to put on the ball uh, now, and I don't think he's. I think if you put him up forward, he's going to mess mess up the structure that we can put up there with the uh, mosquito fleet uh, supporting the the taller guys, and I, I just don't think he's going to add to I mean he's a, it's going to be a little bit of a problem unless unless he comes back somehow rejuvenated into what he was at his very best but I can't see that at age 33 coming back from an injury yeah I think it's just going to be a little bit of an embarrassment and a problem I disagree with that like because there's plenty of examples of players that have come back from big injuries late in their career and played on. And we've got another one in our side, and that's Tex Walker. We were all writing him off two years ago, Mac. Well, that, that's fair comment. It is fair comment, but um, I don't know. We've got a lot of players buying, a lot of players Rory's size and uh, could play the same positions as Rory, vying, trying to get into the side and already in the side. So, um, I mean, if... If you had to choose between Rory and Saligo, who do you choose? Off half-back? No, I'll say, just say, like, for a wing position, you're going to choose Rory or you're going to choose uh, Saligo? Oh, no, no, no. No, Saligo every day of the week. But this this is going to apply in so many different positions around the ground. 
Yeah, but and I agree with you. I agree with you, hundred um, percent. You threw up two names there, and I just um, like in Smithers and Miller, and I just think both of those blokes are actually vulnerable. So if uh, if he's going to slot in anywhere, yeah, if he's going to slot in anywhere, I reckon it's half back. But we'll see. Um, and we know that Sloney will try his guts out to get back in the team. So. Um, so there's that. But, uh, you know, just finishing off on that one with Geordie Dawson, um, you know, whilst his biggest um, career achievement was obviously playing for the Mighty Double Blues, uh, the Crows' captaincy would have to come a pretty solid second, you would think. Oh, close. By about 3,000 light years above. <laughs> Come on, mate. There's been some legends captain of the Double Blues. Um, but look, he he looks a likely type. He's the right age, twenty five. He's you know potentially got a long tenure ahead of him. Um, you know the boys got around him early when he kicked the winning goal against Port. You know etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it seems to be all falling into place for Geordie, and good luck to him. And my biggest hope is that he actually is played in a position this year where he can do some damage instead of being used to uh, clean up the mess. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, they brought him for a purpose, and that was actually they were intending to play him on a wing um, yeah. because uh, it was very damaging with that foot of his left foot. Um, but as you say, he ended up having being a spare parts man. They were patching up here and patching up there because of all the uh, problems that we had down back. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, not only is he good around the wings, but he's also dangerous floating up forward as well. He can take a mark and kicks a long goal, so. And Sydney got a bit of that from him the year before he left. So let's hope that um, Nick's doesn't, um, you know, fall into the trap, I guess, of using Geordie as a bit of a, a, a dike plugger, um, you know, and, and stopping leaks and all that sort of stuff. We've, our defenders have got to learn to stand on their own two feet and we need to give Jordan the responsibility to lead that midfield group um, because a lot of young lads coming through there, and and he's the leader. Yeah, I liked when he when he made his speech about becoming captain. I loved, liked the way he said, you know, like he'd be helping the lads and interested in what they're doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he did have a hard edge on him as well. I liked that fact that usually they just fuss away and say, "I'll oh, do," you know, "we'll look after the team, we'll be all this and we'll be that." But I like the fact that he emphasised he's got a hard edge. So. That's I think we've had that missing a little bit out on the field as well in terms of the leadership. So I think that's well, a plus. Well, it's the first bloke that we've had from Sturt be captain, and that's what you get from Sturt. You get blokes with a hard, skillful blokes with a hard edge. Um, Was that so a hard head? You say? Hard head. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Um, now. What's, what was it? Oh, jeez. Well, look, um, one, one thing I have to say, you know, just interrupting there, Pete, yeah. we're talking about the coach, uh, the captain, now we're talk about the coach. I think Nick's is under real pressure this year that we have to show uh, distinct improvement. Look, I wouldn't say he's under... I, I Well, I mean, he's under pressure, I think. Uh, but I think... What we're going to find out this year from Matthew Nix is whether he can transition from a teaching coach with a very heavy mandate to build culture to a bloke who can either himself or with the people around him 
come up with a game plan that can actually be successful in finals. That that's the that's that's the challenge for Matthew Nix, and I think we will know by halfway through the year because this is a year of, of transition. Every player that I've heard, um, Johnny Hinge and uh, Darcy Fogarty and others, they all feel a little bit dissatisfied with the way last year finished up, and they've mm-hmm. got another preseason into them, and it just feels to me as if they're all ready to go and they're all ready to take the next step. And they need to be supported by a game plan that is going to allow them to, as Matthew Nix himself says, show their weapons. And so from my perspective, this is a really telling year for Matthew Nix as to whether he can uh, shift his mindset from being a you know, defensive-minded, get-games-into-the-kids kind of coach to, all right, let's unleash the shackles and start taking advantage of our strength kind of coach. Yep, yeah, uh, no, and I'm not saying you can't do it or won't do it, but I'm just saying that uh, when you have a look at the, we won we won eight games last year, but if you have a look who four of those wins were against, they were against the two bottom sides. So um, we've got a got a bit still got a lot of improving to do, Fiend, to to think that we're going in the right direction. Well, we got 13 games against uh, teams that finish in the bo- bottom half of the ladder this year. Well, the opportunity's there then. That's right. And don't forget that we were one of the few um, teams in the second half of the ladder that actually um, had some good wins against the, the top teams last year as well. That's that's the anomaly of it. That is the anomaly of it. That we, the ones well, that we did beat were the... I don't think it's an anomaly. I think it's mindset, Mac. When you go in against a, a Geelong and you're a young developing team and you kind of got nothing to lose. Whereas if you come up against uh, a St Kilda who's sort of at, at the same level, all of a sudden there's a bit more pressure to perform because, you know, the expectation's a little bit higher. So, you know, I, th- I think those wins proved that when we play good, hard-attacking football and, and, and work as a team, we've got some real talent there. Um, so it's it'll be our ability this year to be able to exploit that talent uh, that will yeah, be. I, I think you know the, the 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 way the good wins that we had against good sides showed that the, what Nix is trying to get them to do will work if they are over hundred percent on switched on etc. But it seems like when we were real underdogs we went okay, and then with women in the few games that we were favourite we went uh, rather poorly by comparison. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's mindset if you ask me, and not only that. No, it, I it think... is. It is. Uh, not only that, I think also um, it could be mindset of the coaches as well, and that's what we're going to find out. You know, did uh, are the coaches prepared for for the potential of losses in order to develop the side further, or are they going to continue to protect the downside risk um, to minimise the damage at the expense of developing a, a solid game plan? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I don't have a feel one way or the other, um, but I'm very interested to find out about Matty Nix because he says a lot of the right things um, and I, he's got good people I, around him. Sorry, Fiend. It's only about five weeks away into the start of the games, mate. Well, start of the game is the first, 
first inner club is on the uh, it's on the seventeenth. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about real games. You know, the ones that count for points. Oh, it's only yeah, five yeah. weeks, I think. Yeah. Six yeah. at worst. But anyway, I'm starting to get the smell of it and the feel of it and the want of it. Yeah, bit of a bit of a liniment smell going on. Oh, I used to love cleaning the club rooms. The smell of liniment. Just loved it. That, it was a real turn on. Is that like brill cream now, or no? It makes you want to go out and just bash everybody. Uh, Matt in the chat raised Matty Crouch, and it's a good. You just huh? Where are you, thing? I'm here. Oh, did my what's happened to my bloody camera? My camera's silly. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't um, see you. Can't you? What's going on? I can't no. see me. I can see you. Oh, what's going on with you? You've frozen, I think. Have I? So, I haven't touched going on at your end. Did you did you forget to plug your laptop in, Matt? Bean, don't be silly. <laughs> well, I would have, can... I would have blamed COVID. Can you guys see me? Out no, on we, YouTube? we just got a we just got a frozen frozen face. Um, shall I refresh Teams? Yeah, why don't you why don't you leave and then come back in? Yeah, like click that link here, that I huh? sent you again. Oh, continue on this browser. Join your Teams meeting. Great. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. What are you doing? I know it's new technology for you, but... I never touched the effing thing. <laughs> Just blame COVID, mate. Yeah. Right, I'm back. You're back? I don't know whether you are. Not the back pod. on my side of the fence. Oh, please enter your name. Oh, what name am I am on here? Is my proper name? Macca. I'm under. Macca. That's your name, Where? isn't it? There you go. I'll admit you. See me now? There you go. Look at that. Oh, now I've got two of you. I'll get rid of this one. <laughs> it's off. How do I get rid of this bastard? Why have I got two? You've done. I haven't done anything. It's a good thing I I know what I'm doing, mate. All right. Um, What are we talking about? (laughs) Well, it's a new topic. Um, Players that we've got on this. Matt Crouch. Matt Crouch. Matt Crouch. I was actually going to raise him under the players that we've got on our list that probably won't play a game all year. Yeah. I reckon he I will. Feel very, very, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, you keep saying that. Why? Well, because okay, he was chosen time after time. His numbers were going... Were going according to what they always were. Um, whether the coach has told him he should be playing differently and that, I don't really know. Um, but to me, it just seems that... To him, it must be mystifying because, you know, he, one minute you're, you're, you're the medalist for the club, um, you're an All-Australian, and, and then gradually you just become wastage. But it's... Obviously, the game changed and he and, and he didn't, but I don't know. 
it'd be interesting to see whether he can actually change or adapt his style. I doubt it, but if he did, he'd be very handy. Well, well I mean, he's not the only bloke uh, who isn't suited by the current game style. I mean, Tommy Mitchell comes to mind um, as an, another accumulator who doesn't really get a lot of value for possessions. 2017, don't forget, Macca, that 2017 was the year that Matty Crouch was very, very decisive by foot and he would rarely go sideways. He was very good at getting that 25-metre pass off forward, right? Whereas ever since then, he's become the crab. You know, he's gone sideways and backwards and all the rest of it. Now, whether that's due to injury or confidence or whatever, or or different setups or, or what have you, I'm not quite sure. But the simple fact is that he has not played as well since 2017. It doesn't matter whether he's accumulated numbers. He has not been as effective since 2017. Uh, well, that's obviously so. Otherwise, he'd be in the side. But, um, but even with it'd be the numbers, to speak, well, I'm just interested from Barty Magic's point of view. He sees him out of training. Whether he looks any different or whether he just does the same old, same old. Well, reports are his training really well, but then, you know, I mean, those reports come up against those. I'm sure, you know, the the players are getting around Matty Crouch and they want him to succeed. And look, the amount of times he gets the ball, you know, if he could become the bloke that was our inside 50 distributor, Macca, that would be fantastic because he's not bad by foot when he actually uses the ball decisively. You know, so we either find a way to utilise him in that sort of a role, but he's also got to be able to work himself free of congestion. And to me, that was his biggest problem, that he actually lost the ability to break free from congestion and get those five yards in uh, to get separation. And, you know, whether that's his groins or hammies or whatever he had, I don't know. But unless he can find that that um, burst that he had... It's not going to be good news for him, I don't think. No, I don't think he'll play a game. That's what I, I honestly think. Yeah. Or if he, um, very unlikely to play many, if any. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope that he doesn't get first crack. I, I certainly hope that um, we recognise the changing of the guard that occurred last year with Sam Berry and a bit of Harry. And, you know, we've got Joshua Shelley back in the mix now. We've got Isaac Rankin back in the mix now. We've got. Uh, you know, Saligo, we've got Zach Taylor knocking knocking uh, on the door. You know, uh, there's enough youth going through there in tandem with Laity, etc., that we don't need to go to the Matt Crouch well first up, in my view. And I'd be really disappointed oh. in the club. And it would be a first strike okay. for the club and Matty Nicks if that was how we lined up round one. Yeah, no, I don't think that won't happen. Um, the other player that... Uh... Chol, I mean, Such very skillful, one, can get the ball, but he hasn't. He's well. His lack of physicality was disgraceful last year. You know, he squibbed very badly, and then wasn't chosen for the rest of the year. So, it's interesting where he's going to sit. I mean, he, he one of the reasons he's still there because he's under contract. But um, it's another one. Will he get a game? Because he that's not how Matthew Nix wants the players to play the game. No, and not everyone has to be an inside ball, but you have to go when it's your turn to go. And I think there were times, Lockie would probably agree, there were times where 
particularly early in the season where he probably didn't go when he should have. I, I feel like he's made efforts. I've, I've watched him a few times. He's made efforts to improve that aspect of his game. But what we've lost as a consequence is that silky outside run and, and, and carry with good delivery. You know, and that's Scholl's primary weapon. And if he can't get it 25 times and deliver six or seven really good, effective inside 50s, then he's there's not much other worth for him on the ground, is there? No. He's a beautiful two-sided player, great delivery, but um, you just can't squib the ball when it's your turn. And unfortunately, he's done that a couple of times and... Uh, it looks so bad at AFL level. It, look really, it looks really shocking. You might get away with under nines and under tens, but you can't do it at AFL level. So, yeah, it um, does show unless up. He, it does show up. Oh, it, it's, it's like a beacon. And uh, I don't think that, well, at the moment, he would be rated lowly because of that particular flaw in his makeup. And unless we've got a lot of injuries, I can't see him playing many games either. Which is a shame because he's a beautiful user of the ball. Look, I I disagree a little bit. I think if they if he shows any sort of hardness at SANFL level, they'll give him a shot because I think his weapons are very good. And if you can get his confidence back, let's not forget, you know, he was, you know, a rising star in his debut year or whatever and all that sort of stuff. He's a good player. I think that his confidence has been shot and. Uh, He's uh, been found wanting physically. But if they can get that right, he's still a very useful player, Macca. So I, I think they'd be willing to give him an opportunity if he can get that hard or a little bit of an edge back into his game. Mm. And another one I'm going to throw at you is Hammer. Where do you think Hammer will play? Or will he play? I mean, you talk about feeling sorry for Crouchy. I feel sorry for um, Will Hamill. Because there's a lad that you just cringe every time he gets tackled because for whatever reason he doesn't seem to have the ability to be able to brace himself and tense himself and he just gets ragdolled every time. And to me, I, you know, I mean, it's terribly sad what's happened with Paul Seedsman and we probably haven't spent enough time on that. But, you know, I'd hate for this. We've had a couple of these now. And I'd hate for Will Hamill to have his life adversely affected due to multiple concussions. And he's always already had quite a few just since he's been with us. Six. He's had six. That's a lot, Macca. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, look, he, he's a terrific player, actually. He uh, he gets 100%, and that's his one of his problems, he hasn't got the ability to work out where not to put the head. and uh, But sometimes, it, even when you do everything right, can somebody can, you know, spoiling the ball. Uh, you're going for a mark and they spoil the ball or they come from your blind side and hit you in the head with a hip and shoulder. And uh, he just seems to be, have that habit of being the unlucky one that collects that. And, you know, it, it seems like a bloke who's a bit vulnerable around the head like that always seems to be the poor bugger that gets it. And, well, I think, but, I think uh, too, though, Matt... Well, Sorry, go on. Well, as I say, what I love about him is his pace. He's got electric pace and yeah. he's got a good foot as well. So, you know, if he was saying, you know, if, 
I don't know whether he's playing it would be at halfback or whether you go to the back pocket and uh, mind the smaller people down there. But um, wherever position he's uh, playing it, he brings the ball out well because he, he's got dash and he also can dispose well. But yeah. again, you've got that question mark about his head. Yeah, and the problem is that now that he's had a few concussions, he does get vulnerable to that little elbow and the marking contest and all that sort of stuff, whereas other blokes who haven't maybe had the same concussion history, they tend to be a little bit more resilient in those circumstances. But once you've had a few, Tommy Lynch seemed to become more vulnerable to head knocks later in his career too. And we're seeing a little bit with Brody Smith, in my opinion, as well. And it's a real, it's a real issue. And it's bad enough for a bloke like Smithers or Seeds or Tommy Lynch at the end of their careers. But Wilhelm was a, a young lad with his life ahead of him. And I, I, I would just hate to see that uh, that he had to retire early and with some long term adverse effects. I, I hope it's not the case because I agree with you. I love him as a player. Um. He's Marty Matner with a bit more composure, in my opinion. Um, oh, Marty Matner. <laughs> yeah, hey, Marty can play with no Don't not Marty Matner. Paul Roos got 200 games out of him in a premiership. So he, oh, I love Marty right. Matner. He was just a wild card. He just knew what yeah. was going to happen next. Yeah. Um, he was good. The, um, the other one that I'm really excited to see this year is Darcy Fogarty, Mac. Uh, in oh, fact, yeah. our whole our whole forward line is going to be very, very, very interesting this year. Uh, Tex, uh, over the last couple of years, has certainly started the first half of the year up and about, so you would expect that to be the same. Um, Riley Thilthorpe um, described pre-season as, uh, you know, the, the worst experience of his life. That's what Burjo promised him. Um, and apparently Elliot Himmelberg is really training the house down too as a bit of a wild card there, uh, which could allow the Crows to use Thilthorpe with a bit more flexibility and and, uh, have a few more options in that regard. Throw in a couple of really good smalls in Rochelle and um, Rankin and a bit of X-Factor with Shane McAdam. It's not a bad forward line, is it? No, it's a superb forward line, and... That means we've got to really somehow bolster up our uh, midfield uh, to make sure that they keep pumping the ball in there because yeah. um, the more that, I mean, we'll get, I noticed that last year, uh, in the games we played well, we got a very good percentage return for the number of entries into the forward line um, and also uh, the the vice versa applied when we didn't play so well when, you, when yeah. we burnt the ball. But, but we've got quality up there now. We've got real quality. Um, you know, Rochelle was good there for the first half of the season, but he played injured for the second half. But now you've got you've got Rochelle and Rankin up up there, um, and you that's on top of say Walker and Fogarty. Well, I mean, um, Philthorpe occasionally up there as well, and McAdam taking screamers every so often, and also sniffing a few on the ground. There's a yeah, you know, there's a lot of potency. There is. What I don't want to see is Lockie Murphy and Nemec Henry running around up high half forward. That's what I don't want to see. <laughs> but yeah, they were they were on my list of players to query. Um, oh, look, you know, well, look, I, I'm, I, I'm sure that McHenry is a is a Matthew Nick's favourite, but I, I just think he's loving. Yeah, I just don't see a long term spot for him because he's not a goal sneak macker. If you're going to be 
of of small forward, you've got to be able to kick goals, and he just he doesn't have goal sense, and he doesn't have any sort of length in his kick. Uh, he, look, he basically plays as a small defensive forward, um, which doesn't mean it might stop the ball from going out occasionally from out of the forward line. But uh, players his size generally are supposed to be able to kick goals as well. Yeah, uh, Crotato in the chat asks who our forward coach is. It's still Raleigh, I think. Um, so uh, and done a fair, like probably a fair bit of credit for Fogg's turnaround. As well as some uh, uh, some psychology work as well that Darcy's done, um, but James Riley has to take some credit for uh, Darcy's form as well. And I really hope that we see a continuation of what we got in the second half of the year from Fox. Yep, yeah. Uh, I, I, he had a, he ended up having an outstanding year actually. He ended up, I think it was sort of thirty three or thirty five goals in the eighteen games. He started off shaky yeah. and ended up very strong. Yeah, I think it's got thirty-one in the last twelve or something. Yeah, well, that's good. That's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I mean, the only other thing is probably Ruck. I mean, you would expect them to start with O'Brien, but I get the impression they're really keen to get Thilthorpe more involved, and that could spell a little bit of trouble for Riley O'Brien. I think. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting that how they're going to play that because of the fact that um, if O'Brien's rucking, is Philthorpe on the ground up forward uh, in the structure? Is he not? And I was trying to work out that myself when I was working it out. When I worked out our ideal forward line, it seems to be um, basically it, we've got uh, Fogarty at full forward and Walker at centre forward or know, sometimes they switch around a bit. But and then loaded up with small players around them. You could probably put um, Phil Thorpe in a forward pocket, but and to sort of if Fogarty leads out to take any balls that come in deep. But um, he he well after his first game when he kicked five goals, he didn't really trouble the scorers that much up forward. Phil Thorpe is not a clunking marker either. His strength is his agility. He's very much a, a Nick Revolt type. You get him on the run, and I think that over the course of his career, he will be known as a, a, an agile, tall utility. I think he'll he'll play predominantly in the ruck. He'll probably have uh, moments up forward, but I don't. I think you'll see him take more marks on the trot than you will in a in a pack situation. So. I don't know, and that's where the the form of Himmelberg interests me. He's been teasing me for years, Elliot Himmelberg. Every time I get on him, he has a bad patch, and then I I throw him in the bin, and then he has a couple of good games. I really would love to see him thrive because it just gives us a little bit more um, flexibility. Again, you know, time will tell, but uh, Riley O'Brien, I don't think will have it all his own way this year. No, uh, well, he certainly didn't have his, all his own way when he was on the ruck last year. He didn't have a great year, I didn't right. think. Yeah, um, not at all. Yeah, but, I mean, Phil Thorpe is a talent. Don't get me wrong, he's a real talent. And for a guy his size, he's very agile and, um, and his ball handling down low, round by his ankles, etc., is, is as good as a little bloke. He's, 
he can play. And I thought the end of his season he was starting to get come good again. Um, yeah. But it's but I think you're right. Um, I don't, and that's what I'm sure. And I'm not sure how they're going to manage it. But I think you're right that at the end of his career he'll be remembered as a, uh, a damn good ruckman that could could rest up forward and be handy up there as well. Um, but what that means with O'Brien, I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Riley O'Brien is not a skillful player and his centre bounce work was extremely questionable last year. Uh, he's not bad at um, around-the-ground ruck work and throw-ins, but if he doesn't mark the ball around the ground, then he's not playing his part and he lost that ability last year. I, I don't know the, the stats, but... I would imagine that his average contested marks or marks per game dropped off a bit because it was noticeable that he wasn't taking those marks. He was dropping quite a few, but he wasn't getting to a lot of contests either. And we need our first ruckman to be getting to contests. Whether they're clunking marks or not, they need to be getting to contests. And we just didn't see Riley near enough aerial contests, in my opinion, last year. Right, and what I was going to throw at you... Pardon me. Had to happen. Uh, Dudo. Dudo. Well, that's the elephant in the room, isn't it? That's the Uh, elephant in um, the room. He's come out and said that, um, you know, what's the point in re-signing yet? I don't know how I'm going to go and, you know, yeah. You know, I listened to him on the radio when he was talking and if they said his name uh, was... uh, I'm just trying to think of some, well, two or three others that have left it. But Dangerfield, if he said his name was Dangerfield, he's just saying, he's just repeating the same words that Dangerfield said. Yeah. They go. Uh, look, they if, go at the end of the year. If, my, my, my gut feel is that he will, he will um, go back home to Lawn, um, play, uh, Geelong will put a nice offer to him. He'll have the chance to play in a, you know, contending side. Um, and, you know, Geelong could use a, a nice rebounding halfback flanker. I feel like his injury was, uh, his knee was a very, it was at a very unfortunate time in his career with us because had that not been the case, I think we wouldn't be talking about Jordan Dawson as captain at the moment. I think he'd be vice captain to Tom Dode. Uh, but the fact is, that's not the case. They also chose to play him last year with a broken hand for much of the much of the season to his detriment. I'm a really big Tom Diday fan, as you know, Mac. Um, and I think his best is very good. So I'm hopeful that he is allowed that he regains that form for two reasons. First to help us, but secondly that we get good value at trade because I think that's where it's gonna end up. Well, he's a free agent, so it'll be free agent, uh, free well, agency compensation. compensation. Yeah. Now, ho- hopefully, first rounder, uh, but he'd have, he'd have to be at top form to get that. Yeah. Now, to, speaking to, of know, form, it, to bring the dollars, because it's, yeah. it's all related to the dollars that he gets. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of form, though, Mac, uh, the the studio audience is in very patchy form this early in the preseason, no one put their hand up. You've got a few minutes left. If you do want to have something to say, get around it. Um, we'll uh, try to adhere to our 90-minute time, won't we, Macca? 
Um, just before we finish up, though, a couple of things. Um, obviously, uh, the club has moved forward with its plans down at Thebe. Um, looking quite good, I reckon. And despite all the scuttlebutt and the, the local stuff, that'll get over the line. And, um, you know, they're looking at 2025, which I think is fantastic. I love the setup. What they're proposing there is fantastic, actually. I mean, two yeah. ovals. Not many other clubs have got two ovals for a start. You know, one the size of Adelaide Oval and one the size of the MCG. Um, and uh, I think under public pressure, from not from the local residents, but from the Crows fans, they weren't originally going to have licence premises, but now they are going to have licence premises. Yeah, that, that's, so a big, that's a big positive, in my opinion, Matt. Yeah, no, really looking forward to it. I wish it was... Which it was right now, you know, because yeah, um, it was right now. I joined Vardy Magic down at training and watching it. Well, the good thing is too that um, the changes to the plans uh, with the road means that uh, we're not giving up um, as much of Kings as we otherwise would have for those first few years. So that's a bonus <clears> as well. Um, I, I just think there's no other club. The only other clubs that I can think that have facilities that close to the CBD are the big Victorian clubs. Your Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond, you know, big Richmond, Victorian certainly. clubs. You know, um, West Coast yeah, have Carlton. been forced to move out. Um, Brisbane were forced to move out. Melbourne were forced to move out. You know, so the fact that we've been able to jag a piece of real estate so close to the CBD... Um, you know, it might not mean much, but it means that they're in the heart of the place. They're not, you know, tucked away like they were at Westlake, sort of out of sight, out of mind. They're right in the heart of it. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people drive past that location every day. Um, it's Crow's front and centre every day. I think it's fantastic. Oh, no, I love it. I just think it's a great setup. It really is going to yeah. be a great setup. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, uh, just to finish up, is that a um, couple of minor changes to the Constitution to limit terms for uh, members to, I think it was 12 years, which is four terms, and that's not consecutive yeah, years, that's over a lifetime. So you can't be on the Crows board for more than 12 years in your yeah, life. Yeah, four by three. But if you're the members appointee, it's four by two. Four by two, that's right. Um, and there is um, an election going on at the moment, I think, or nominations going on at the moment for board position. But I wonder what that means for Rusciuto. I don't know. I wonder how many years he's been on. Well, 2014 he came on. Because he came on the year before we got Phil Walsh. But he's not a members one, is he? Um, no. No, well, he no, isn't he's now. Not. He isn't now. I'm just trying to think whether he came on as a member-elect. He, yeah, well, I, think I think he may one, have started that way and then, and then switched over. Yeah, I think the one we're actually um, replacing is Jamison, isn't it? Um, so, well, he certainly he's either getting close to being out or he'd be on his last term, one of the two. Mm. So, you know, a couple of things, obviously, and, you know, let's not forget that at the moment, <clears throat> um, and I don't want to get bogged in in politics, but at the moment, 
of course our constitution dictates that all board um, positions be ratified by the AFL, which in layman terms means that we're still controlled by the AFL. And uh, as it stands at the moment, that goes until 2028, Macca, at which time we can uh, choose to strike that out and become uh, self-governing. And I think we will do that. Well, I hope we actually do it. Before. I hope there's scope that we can do it before then, to be honest with you. We're self-funded. Compared to the other clubs that have this sort of uh, setup. we're self-funded. We're the, only, we're the only club that didn't ask for a handout during COVID. Correct. Out, out of all those out of all those loaded clubs. Port Adelaide declare a profit, which is just basically the residual of their, the, what they didn't spend from the AFL. Oh, I mean, they're a joke. I mean, they still owe the SAFL a fortune. Yeah. So are you going to be putting your hand up? For Crow's board? No. Good God, no! I've been on. Look, I've been on about thirty-three boards in my life. So why not make, it, why glad. Not make it thirty-four? No. What? Why not make it thirty-four oh. boards? I've been so many stags, by the way, on the chat. Much appreciated. And always the thing working and lump stuff on. No, I don't want to. I don't want to be in it. Your mate's not there anymore. Jimmy's gone. Who? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, look, I reckon we might wrap it up there, mate. It's been a very solid one and a half hours. Uh, Seeds, you're too bloody late now, right? You've got to do it at the beginning of the night. Um, Look, thanks to everyone who's joined us. It's been fantastic to see so many people join us on YouTube and on uh, Discord um, sorry about the scratchy start, but it is pre-season. We are dusting the cobwebs off. I, I reckon I pulled a hammy trying to pick up those bloody mugs earlier, Max, so I'm going to have to go to the physio tomorrow. Um, I thought but, you broke uh, Yeah, yeah. It's just just all a little bit bloody... I don't even want to talk about it. Um, but look, thanks everyone for joining us. Don't forget, uh, we will be back uh, every Sunday night during the pre-season. Uh, we'll also be cutting up the uh, weekly wrap and chucking out little snippets of it on youtube so get around that if you uh have the chance and in the meantime you can always chat footy 24 7 365 on our discord channel so if you're listening to us and you haven't yet joined our discord channel it's not very difficult to do uh links are in all our socials uh get around it and get amongst the chat it's a pretty good lot and um we have a lot of good fun maca Fantastic to be back, mate. Yep, and I've only did one cough for the whole lot, so I'm happy with that. You what? Only did one cough for the whole lot. That's not a bad effort, you know. I know it's been tickling away for ages. Oh well, maybe we should go for another ten minutes just to piss you off. No, I'm going. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you very much. Good night, all. We will see See you next week. See you next week. Bye.